identity only lost in obscurity where no one knows us or recognizes us. According to the word of God, we live in a world, a place where humanity as a whole lives without clarity of direction, with no true sense or understanding of their value, and without any true identity as God's creation and the love of his life. Therefore, they wander aimlessly from place to place, rarely content with where they are. They think the abundance of outward possessions will replace their loss of inner value. If that was true, we should get to... How many have updated anything that you ever bought? Besides me. Most people, most people if you're in like, like in the phone craze, we're all waiting for the next generation phone to come out. Well, the one we have still works good, but I want the new one. I want to update. But when you get that, you won't be satisfied with that because nothing external fills an internal void. Nothing you have. There, there's nothing that the world can, there's nothing outside of you that can fill the void that's on the inside of you. You've heard it said there's a God-shaped hole on the inside of you that only he can fill. Amen? And so, but the world thinks if I just have this, if I have more of this, if I have more of that, if I get this, if I have that, it amazes me. I, I like watching like Black Friday or whatever that is when the people, or the day after Christmas, and people are out there like, you know, I've been out here for three days. It's like the Blair Witch Project, you know, but I've been out here seven days waiting to get a, a TV. Amen. And so they're out there hiding out to get a TV for 99 cents or whatever. And then you get it home and it had no, anyway. <laughs> or you get run over by the lady in the cart and she bulldozes you and you wait all the time. You didn't get it anyway. Praise the Lord. But, and it doesn't, you get it home, it doesn't add any value to your life. What do you get? I got it. And then it adds no value, but we think that. Think about it. They find their identity by embracing every new fad style and activity that a lost world creates so that they themselves won't appear lost. There's no real difference in the church unless we find our true identity, value, and direction in Christ. Say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? That unless you and I come back to a place where we find our identity in being in Christ. We talked about in discipleship this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. So the moment I accept Christ and I come into him, I am brand new. Who I was before. Thank God. My old identity, my old way. Paul said it like this back in verse 11, I believe it is in 2 Corinthians 5 there. He says, from now on we know no man after the flesh. Because now we are alive in the Spirit. He said to the church of Corinth also, he says, though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. So I thank God we live from the inside out now, not from the outside in. The world around us is trying to live from the outside in to bring happiness, trying to find identity in something. You and I, we're called to live from the inside out. Hallelujah. So thank God for that. Amen? And so when it comes to this, we realize when we look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ that he was looking for those who were lost. The essence of the gospel is the restoration of all things lost. This is why we preach, and this is what we preach. As Jesus declared, it is why he came, that he would leave all to find one. And he said to Zacchaeus, today in Luke 19, salvation has come to your house. Jesus is the greatest agent of lost and found, <coughs> excuse me, the world 
will ever know. His purpose and goal is restoration and rejoicing. We read it there. He went out to find what was lost, and when he found it, he rejoices more over the restoration of the one that was lost than the nine and the nine. I've been saying it while we've been doing this series. It's one of, I love the presence of God when we come together. But the greatest rejoicing that happens in the kingdom of God is when one soul gets added to the kingdom. If one person gets saved today, if you're here today and you were law and you know you're wandering, you don't have a true identity in God, you don't have true value in God, and you don't have clear direction in Him, but you come to Christ today and you let God change your life and you let Him put that robe of acceptance upon you, that ring of identity and those shoes of direction and protection on your life, come on, all heaven's going to have a party on your behalf. Heaven will rejoice greater over one that is saved than over all that all, all of those that already are. The three directions, if we said, or effects of being lost are lost direction, lost value, and lost identity. The heart of God is to forgive and to restore through repentance. This is the foundational truth of the gospel as a whole. He rejoices over us that are already saved, but his he is searching for the lost and his rejoicing over them and their restoration exceeds his joy over us. So let's just look at this for a moment. How do we end up lost? How does humanity, how does anybody end up lost? The main strategy of the devil has caused everyone to doubt and thereby lose their true identity. Don't you doubt who you are in God. Don't you doubt anything. You begin to lose your true sense of identity. Once I lose my identity, I lose my value. Once I lose my value, I lose any need for having direction in my life. And so he knows that once we, once that we get lost, the moment we lose our true identity. Without true identity, we have no real sense of value. Identity is defined, I looked it up, as the name or essential character that identifies somebody or something. The set of characteristics that somebody recognizes as belonging uniquely to himself or herself and constituting his and her individual personality for life. It is to show to be a certain person or a thing. It is defining characteristic and means of recognition. Recognition, excuse me. And so your identity is what you recognize with or how you are recognized. And we're supposed to have our identity in God. If anybody be in Christ, he is a new creation. How many know that when we see one another, we should see Christ, not see the person? That's why Paul says we don't know anybody after the flesh any longer, but after our union and our bond together in the Spirit. Amen. And so with that, there's that great identity that belongs to us. When you go and uh, there, there's something, we, we call it an ID card, and so we show that. If Hopefully, you know, I, I'm always amazed at, because in the age of identity theft or whatever, how many are amazed when nobody asks you for your ID when you use a credit card? Yeah. Yeah. And you're thinking like, dude, I could be ripping somebody off right now, and you don't even care. You know? But, but, but anyway, moving right along. They, uh, but but they, if they ask for your ID, there's something that identifies you that says that is who you are. And for you and I to have our identity, can I just tell you, this is your ID card. God gave us a book called the Bible, called His Word, and you and I are to find our identity here. And the moment I find my identity in here, once I know who I am, now I have a sense of value. And now that I have a sense of value, now I know what my direction is supposed to be. And every time I open this book, God reaffirms my identity, He reaffirms my value, and He, re and he keeps me on going in the right direction. Amen? And so it's so important that we keep that and we hold on to that truth in our lives. 
Follow with me for a moment. I just want to talk about identity a little bit this morning. Think about it. Peoples, churches, institutions, even nations lose their identity. We are a nation in crisis. We are, we are losing our identity of who we are. What is America? If you ask somebody, what's America stand for? We used to stand for certain, certain un, unmovable, unshakable rights. And now we're just as, well, I don't know. And, and, and God bless our president, but he's working very hard to redefine who we are as a nation, to change the very core fabric and the identity. We're seeing the institution of marriage being redefined, given a new identity. We're seeing so many different things on, on, on all scales of life being redefined. And that's not right. Would you agree? But it happened. Churches are being redefined because churches are allowing the world to give their identity to the world. We talked about it this morning in discipleship in the area of, the, the, there's a term, and I was reading a book by Martin Lloyd-Jones, and it was a, he wrote it in during, at the beginning of World War II, he was pastoring in England, but he's talking about that, that there's a need to uh, bring pain before you can bring help. I can't think of the exact phrase right now. My brain's having a fritz, but th there's a need that, that in order, when you go to the doctor, he, he, he has to find out where the pain is, identify the pain to bring the cure. Amen? And so we don't like that. And so today, we, we want to have ease. We want to have comfort about anything. Don't tell me any pain. Don't tell me anything's wrong. Well, we can't help you unless we identify the pain. And so in dealing with that, we, we get down. We want, the world says, be nice. Don't deal with anything. But man at his root in his book is the plight of man and the power of God. The plight of man is man has a sin problem. We have a sin problem. We're all born with a sinful nature, with a fallen nature. You don't think you have a sin problem, just go work in the nursery. Go back here with the two-year-olds. You should be back there anyway. What are you doing out here? Go help. But what happened? They don't even have to try in their bad. And you... you, you Everybody's in here. Look, okay, man. What a little devil! Yeah. And you've all seen kids that you would swear had a devil. You've been in the store when it manifested. I mean, it's just a little kid. Where's that coming from? A fallen nature, a sin nature, a, a, a will that's contrary to God. And so man, the plight of man is a sin nature. And so in order to deal with that, you have to point that out. But nobody wants to be told they are a sinner. Right. They want to say, you're just not that bad of a person. Make a few minor adjustments. <laughs> I, I give you one adjustment, die. The gospel gives you one adjustment, die. Die to your sin. We read it, Romans chapter 8. We, we are dead to sin. We are raised in newness of life. We are dead to sin. We are raised in newness. Come on, you can't do that in any... There's no nice way to die. You just have to die. Are you with me this morning? And so as long as I'm trying to hold on to some old form of identity, and then the world comes into the church, say, don't people, they have to die. Just tell them they're not that bad. We can kind of gloss this over. We can paint this thing. Yeah, but I painted stuff, and the corrosion still comes back through. It's kind of like I used to walk extreme. I, I don't watch it too much anymore. In fact, I haven't watched it in years, decades. <laughs> extreme homemaker. We haven't been that long. But, you know, move the bus thing. But how I many women first started? They'd find a house that needed a little repair. 
And then they got down, they go in the house, said, okay, we're bulldozing the whole thing, building a brand new house. That's exactly what Christianity is. We want to come in and remodel and do that. How many know the love it or list it thing? Have you watched that new show? Pastor Sue's favorite show, Love It or List It. So we watch it. She got it on all the time. It's crazy. I said, we're going to list it if you keep wanting me to love it. I said, we're going. No, anyway. Anyway, but, but here, they, they, they come in, they're going to remodel this thing and do this and just make this a little bit, and that'll make you like it. And that's what we're trying to do with our lives. Because that's what the world said. The world says you don't have to change. You aren't that bad. Are you with me this morning? And so the church has had its identity changed from being a voice of truth and a voice of clarity and speaking a redeeming word to a lost world. But today nobody's lost. Are we doing all right? And so how do institutions, how do churches, how do nations lose their identity? Look at your outline with me. How? Always through a voice that produces discontent. There will always be a voice that comes to make you discontent with where you are. How does a marriage that was in love lose its identity of love and romance? Through a voice. Voices come. When identity is lost, it must be redefined, replaced by a false identity, contrary to the true nature of the person or the thing. We are seeing the cascading effects of lost identity in every area of life around us today, and the goal of the deceiver is to redefine the truth with his lies. To substitute a lie for the truth. The purpose and mission of the church is to declare the message, the good news of true identity, value, and direction. The Bible, God's Word, is a book of identity declaring who we are, where we came from, where we are, and where we are going. Jesus came declaring man's true identity. We talked about discipleship this morning with the men. Jesus came and he said to his disciples, says, hey, they said, teach us to pray. He says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. Who? You mean not just prayer? Not, not, not just the thing that, that, that they've been praying? To. No, pray our Father. Wait a minute. You mean you're giving me identity that he's my Father and I'm his child? Yes. He, he came and reestablished their true identity, who they were, where they came from. What did he do? I, I, I love it when, when he goes into the, into the synagogue and there's a woman who is bent over like this. And, and he heals her and they're watching him to see what he do. And he says, wait a minute. She has every right to be healed because her identity is that she is of the seed of Abraham. And by virtue of her true identity, she has a right to be healed. And when Zacchaeus is up in the tree in Luke 19, he says, Zacchaeus, come down because salvation has come to your house and you are a seed of Abraham. And so your true identity is not to be lost, not to be a, 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 a stingy, hoarding tax collector, but to be a man of integrity, a man of character, a man who represents the nature and the DNA of your heavenly Father. Come on down. I'm coming to your house today because I'm going to give you back your true identity. That's what God comes to do for you and I. Hallelujah. And the Bible's filled with it over and over where Jesus said their identity is and their identity gives them the right to have that. And here today we're being told a lot of different things. And I was thinking about this over vacations. I just keep meditating over this message. You young guys and they're going out and you want to be used by God. This is all we have, guys. This is all we have. 
Brand new world, brand new culture. Go out, the next generation coming up. Whoever's going to preach after I'm gone, after Sean's gone, after Wayne's gone, after Mike's gone, after everybody here's gone, there should be another generation. But you know what you you get to use? Just this. And you you can try and package this. You can put anything else around it. But it comes down to the bottom line that if, if we go for the package without the message... We have nothing to offer. We just become an entertainment social club until we're here and then we want to feel good, make everybody feel nice. We don't, don't touch my pain. Don't speak to my issue. We dealt with discipleship this morning. The difference between knowing and choosing. Many of you here have great knowledge about God, but you're making wrong choices. And when somebody challenges you about the choices that you're making, you throw your knowledge of God back at them. And so because you have knowledge, you can say the right religious answer to a wrong spiritual condition in your life. Well, shout me down when I'm preaching real good. And so we think knowledge is choosing. Knowledge is not choosing. Knowledge is knowledge and choosing is choosing. And knowledge is supposed to lead you to the right choice. But if you're letting the world give you your identity and the world declaring what your value should be instead of finding it in who you are in Christ, then you're after the things of the world more than you're after the things of God, which means you don't have an identity of who you are in Christ. And so you're chasing a value and your sense and your desire for value is guiding your direction in life. And so you justify your direction to substantiate your value, but you don't have a true identity. Because you think when you're on your path of direction and you get to your place of value, you will arrive at your identity. But you get there, you're still empty on the inside because God ordained you to flow from identity out to know who you are in Him. And once you know who you are in Him, you can add nothing to that. What could you add to being a child of God? When you go to heaven, nothing's going with you. Just who you are, a redeemed man on the inside. Your spirit going to be joined with your heavenly Father. That's all that's going with you. The value that makes you who you are, that gives you direction in life, is fully on the inside of you. There's no room to add anything to it. You are complete and you are full in Him. Shout Amen. Every epistle in the New Testament was written to declare and to remind the saints of our true identity, who we are in Christ to declare our value to God and to give us proper direction for our lives. Jesus declared it as believers. I'm submitting to you today. Listen, God, I, I like stuff as much as that. I enjoyed going camping. I was blessed. I got to ride my motorcycle to church today. I used the excuse the truck wasn't unpacked. <laughs> I was right. I said, God, you are so awesome. And I thought about how it came to pass to be able to, uh, all the things that have transpired through the years to, to be able to have the motorcycle that I have today and the blessing of God. I thought, well, how wonderful. But the bottom line is, if that went away right now, that, uh, it added a moment of joy, but it added no value. It didn't change who I am. I'm not better. Are you listening to me? It's it, it, it not helping my marriage. Loud pipes save lives, not marriages. (laughs) Amen. 
But, no, it's fun. We, we enjoy. We enjoy that. We enjoy that vacation. We enjoy a little trip that we have. We enjoy that. But none of that adds value. We're as happy with the stuff as when we just had the tent and the foam pads and the rocks. We're more comfortable. But we're not, do you understand what I'm saying? But listen, if, if I don't have that identity, if I don't have that, then I think something else adds that to me. And it doesn't happen that way. When we come to the Father through Christ, we must allow ourselves to be clothed with His identity. Here's the key this morning, guys. The Son had to allow the Father to restore Him. In doing so, He had to submit to the robe, the ring, and to the shoes. See, the Son came back after His failure. The Bible says that He came to Himself and He came to the Father in Luke chapter 15. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'm here to be a servant. So I'm going to serve in your house. And so he had a servant mentality. He had a down mentality of himself. A self-condemning mentality. And yet the father comes out and puts the robe back on him. And so he has to submit to the robe. He has to submit to the ring. And he has to submit to the shoes. Amen? And in all three of those things, there was a three-fold fall that took place. Three things happened. Look at your outline with me. In doing so, he had to submit to the robe of the anointing, the ring of authority, and the shoes of protection and purpose and direction. Three things were lost by the Son. His identity is valuing his direction. And three things were given upon restoration to the Father. Three is the number of divine completion. On the third day, God made the earth. Amen. And on the third day, he commanded and set in motion, seed, time, and harvest. You and I were formed out of third day soul. The Father is Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You and I are body, soul, and spirit. Three is a number of, div- of divine completion. Restoration has to be threefold. You have to receive your new identity, your new value, and your new direction. And so it's easy to receive forgiveness. It's there in your outline. It's easy to receive forgiveness. The Father went out and forgave Him. Now He had to walk out His restoration. And you have to submit to that robe. Son, you're a son again. You have value. You have responsibility. With that comes everything. We can't keep ourselves in that old mindset, in that old way. We're not supposed to stay there. We're supposed to be transformed through renewal. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by renewing your mind. So he had gone through a whole process of losing his true identity, and there he is with the lost identity, and now he comes back, and he has to be able to embrace. Most of us have a hard time being able to embrace. Hey, I am justified in Christ. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. I, I don't have to carry the baggage of my past. When the Father sees me, he sees me as if I never left. Are you with me? He sees you as if you had never gone out. Listen to what he said. This is my son who was lost and is now found. Found what? When you're found, you're restored to full value. Who is dead and who is alive. Come on, we're fully alive again in him. Amen? So we have complete, renewed identity in the Father. But it's hard to accept that sometimes. Everything the Father did for the Son was to completely restore his identity, value, and direction. Everything God the Father has done and given to us through Christ is for the same purpose. Total restoration. We are now sons and daughters of God as the worship team comes back.
We are children born anew of His Spirit, filled with His life. That which was dead is now alive, anointed with His power, which is the robe of His Spirit, gives us our identity, equipped with His authority, the ring of His name and value, driven with His purpose, shoes of the gospel for direction. Now let me just give this to you for a moment. With the robe, there is an identity, who you are in Christ. Some of us have a hard time accepting our identity of sonship in, in, in the Father. And some of us still talk ourselves down. We condemn ourselves. It's one thing when somebody else talks bad about you. It's another thing when you talk yourself down. And if you talk yourself down, then you will never operate under the ring of authority. Because the robe renewed your position. It was a robe of righteousness. We are clothed in the righteousness of God. So to see yourself righteous. But if you don't see the identity of righteousness in your life, then you won't receive the value of authority. And so when it comes to having authority, you won't feel that you are qualified to ask in His name or to speak in His name. So you'll need somebody else to pray for you. People come to the pastor, Pastor, would you pray? I know God hears you. Wait a minute. I'm a son. You're a son. As a son, I have a responsibility as a pastor and a gift. This is my position in the family. This is my job. This is my task. I'm doing my chores. But you are as much of a son or a daughter as I am. So when you talk to the Father... He will hear you the same way as I am. There is no golden child. There is no favorite son. I am, but I'm not. But Because I know he loves me with an everlasting love. And he loves me as if I was his favorite. He loves you as if you were his favorite. And in his eyes, he only sees one, but he sees all as one. When he see, let me just put it like this. When he sees you, where are you? If any man be in Christ, and Christ is his only begotten, his dearly beloved, and so when he sees you, he sees Christ, so you are the favorite one, you are the one. Amen. And so people say, well, I don't have that identity of righteousness. So therefore, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to take authority, it always amazes me when Christians are afraid of devils and you have authority over devils. How do I know I have authority? You have a ring on your hand. You have the robe of righteousness. You have the ring of His name. Jesus said, go in my name. When the Father put His ring upon the hand of the Son, the Son was going to go out, I have, this is my Father's ring. This means everything in His power, everything in His possession, all of His resources. I have full access to everything that belongs to my power. I've been giving carte blanche access. Jesus said, go in my name. I give you power of attorney to use my name so that when you speak, so with that, when the sun went down, it was like going and paying for I pay for this, 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 I pay for this. And the people go, okay, because you have the ring. And the ring says it'll be paid for. Are you with me? Now, don't think about that with an American mindset. Because then we think, I'm going to go buy this. And <laughs> no, no, no. It's authority. That when you need authority, when you need power, when you need provision, when the need is there, then you are like Paul. And you know who you are. Paul said, and he said, me who am chief of sinners, he placed in the ministry. Paul said, God counted me faithful. Place me in. He said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Yet he placed me in the ministry. 
And so Paul, when he got that identity that he's forgiven in God, even though he was a persecutor of the Lord Jesus Christ personally, that identity's gone. He has full sonship identity, fully forgiven, fully restored, as if he had never been lost or persecuted or anything. Amen. And so then when he spoke and when he preached, he preached with authority. And when he used the name. And so Paul, therefore, when he comes to 1 Corinthians, he says, my God. I mean to Philippians 4. Listen to what he said. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How can you know that? Because you have a ring. You have the name. You have the name. Listen, Jesus said, All power and authority is given unto me in heaven, therefore. Go, therefore, in my name. So once I have identity, once I have value, now my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is my identity for? It's to walk through the world and find somebody that's struggling. This isn't your identity. Can I tell you? I found mine. Can I tell you? It's God who's searching for you. You have an identity, and this isn't it. So our direction is to go. Jesus said, Leave. I love all of you. But we should be walking streets. Say, Lord, show me that young person, show me that family that needs to know their identity. God, that they could find their value in you. God, that they would have a testimony that you brought your direction. Did you hear that this morning? They said God brought his direction into our, our families now going in this direction because they found their identity. God restored their value. And that story after story after story all across this room. So now that I have this, it's not just so I can go, oh, I'm so blessed. Yeah. Thank God for the blessing. But the direction is for going. I'm covered. And so that's, that's part of that. The restoration part of our restoration is so he can send it. The Father were restored to be sent by the Father to go and to share because there's still sons and daughters that are lost. There's still sons and daughters that are lost. Little Alicia came to the encounter last time. God, I wish I could tell you her story. I wish you knew how powerful it was for her to be here this morning. The strength of God's grace to step out today to do it is amazing. But somebody going, somebody caring, somebody loving. Amen? Bow your head to me this morning. Father, I thank you for your love and for your grace. And Father, today there might be one Lord, I thank you. There's more than 99 of us here, but Father, there might be one even right here in this house that if they were asked today, do you know who you are? 
Do you have a clear identity in Christ? They would say no. I have no real sense of value and my life feels lost. I have no clear direction for my life. I'm almost hopeless. And I was hoping today if I came to this house, my hope might be restored. Friend, you're here today and that's you. You don't have a clear identity of who you are in Christ. Life and choices and experiences that brought you to a place where you feel a loss of value inside. You question the direction you're taking. There's a Father standing here today. Your Heavenly Father is standing here today looking down the road to see if you're on your way home. In just a moment, I'll give you an opportunity to get up and walk this way. And I promise you, if you'll stand and move to this altar, that you won't make it halfway here before you feel the love of God running and embracing you, falling upon you. Because the Father's been waiting for you to come home been looking every day to see if he can see his son, his daughter coming down that road home. He loves his son that's there, but he's looking for the one that's been lost. He's looking for the one that's been dead. His hope has been, today might be the day that I see them coming home. If you're here today and that's you, God will meet you. He'll fall upon you. He'll place his robe, his ring, his shoes on your life <coughs> well heads are bowed and eyes are closed maybe you're here today and there's just a need to reaffirm I'm a big believer in reaffirming I've been saved all these years past I reaffirm my commitment my life on a regular basis I don't doubt my salvation I don't get saved over and over but I want to make sure I keep my identity straight I want to make sure my values haven't been perverted. I want to make sure that I'm not being conformed by this world. That I'm not thinking with perverted values and ideas. I want to make sure that my direction isn't being driven by something other than my true identity in Christ. Maybe you're here today. And God's challenging you. Pulling on you. Maybe you're just like the older brother that even though he's in his house, he lost his identity. He didn't feel that the Father valued him anymore. And he felt like what he was doing had no purpose. Maybe you just need that rekindling of restoration. That strength, that renewing. Say, God, put my feet back on the path. Maybe you're here today and it's been a long time. You can think back in your life. It's been a long time since you asked the Lord to use you to walk to somebody that you knew was lost. That he was prompting you to speak to somebody, to witness to somebody, to share the love of the gospel with someone. And you just say, God, put shoes fresh on my feet again. Give me that direction. Thank you for my identity. Thank you for my value. Now give me that direction to go to the lost. Those who don't know that if someone would tell them, they would find their way home. Father, today, we open our hearts to you. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if the Holy Spirit's pulling on you in any way, 
I ask you just to stand right where you are. I've spoken to you. You're that one and you know you need God's identity. You need His value, His love. God brought you here today. Today you're coming home. Stand right where you are. If God's dealing with your heart somewhere in here, you felt the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, then stand and respond to Him today. Don't just leave knowing. I know that. I know. I know. Come on, let's choose. Choose life. Choose life. Say yes, God. God, I want to stay alive. I want to be vibrant. I want to feel you every moment of my life. I want to live alive in God. Stand right where you're at. Now while you're standing, just step out from where you are. Come find a place at this altar. Let's pray. Say, Pastor, why do you call us to an altar? Because all the way through your Bible, God has always met a man or a woman at an altar. There's something about when I come. Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Come on, I do that on a regular. But God, here's my life. I thank you for choosing. I give you my life again, God. If I had it to do again, I'd give it all over, God. I'm going to be a living sacrifice. I want to give. Give my life away for you, God. To say yes to you. Use me, God. Be like Isaiah. Say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Maybe you just need to reaffirm that to God. God, here am I. Send me today. Because God's always asking, who will go? Something about just kneeling in prayer. Saying, God, speak into my life. I open my heart to you. Moment in His presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus are praying, if you're here today and you need healing in your body in any way, you need a touch from God for any physical condition in your body. If you just come stand right here in front of the baptistry, we have elders and leaders that will pray with you. We'll anoint you with oil. The Bible says if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders. Let them anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith and God will raise them up. Come on, we still believe in prayer. Amen? Hallelujah. If you need prayer in your body, you come so we can pray for you this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm desperate for you And I I'm lost without you I'm desperate for you And I
God, let's just stand.